Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
דוד, השם רועי, לא אחסר. בינו דשא, בינו דשא, ירביצני. על מי מנוחות ינהלני. על מי מנוחות ינהלני. נפשי אשובב ינחני. במעג לצדק, למען שמו, גם כי אלך בגי צלמוות, לא עיר ערקי, אתה עמדי. שבטך ומשענתך, המה ינחמוני. תערוך לפניי שולחן נגד צורריי. גישנת בשמן ראשי, כוסי רבייך. טוב החסד ירדפוני כל ימי חיי. אך טוב החסד ירדפוני, ירדפוני כל ימי חיי. אך טוב החסד ירדפוני, ירדפוני. Yeah. 
JM in the AM. Yehuda Green. Avino Malkane, the name of that one. Todah done by Yisrael Amar. Yitzchak Fuchs, both Imama Kim and Mizmar Ladavid. Pen Pen, that's the Yummy Lowy selection. Before that, Shades of Dance, done by Yossi Green and Company. That's a great collection, Shades of Green. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this uh, seventh day of June, day number 18 in the month of Sivan, the year 5783, Tufshin Gimel. Judy Landy requested the Journeys 4 selection of um, It Had to Be a Miracle. Now, there's a <laughs> I, I assume Judy meant as opposed to Journeys Volume 4, meant uh, Journeys Volume Number 1, where we have a song, It Had to Be Hashem, and we have a song, Fantastic, Amazing Miracle. So I figure we'll go back in time, do a little nostalgia, and play both back-to-back, and this way we'll definitely get this song that she wants to hear. Meanwhile, we say good morning to her and all of our wonderful listeners around the world from all of us here at JM in the AM. Let me tell you about the world we're in. Come listen, my dear children. Or you can ask the question, it ain't no sin Just how did the world begin? Who made the darkness and the light? A million stars to shine at night Got them all to work just right It had to be Hashem Had to be Hashem Made the oceans and the fish Candy bars and licorice And all he did was make a wish had to be Hashem All you ever gotta do Is take the time to think it through Cause even though he's out of you they're all right, and he's watching you. He taught the birds to sing their song, and made the giraffe's neck real long. He even taught us right from wrong. It had to be Hashem, had to be Hashem. Made the trees and flowers grow, the rabbit fast and the turtle slow. All the colors of the rainbow had to be. Now that it's plain and clear to see I'd like you all to join with me And get the whole world to agree How everything came to be Made the planets and the skies The valleys low and the mountains high Well look in the Torah never lies Had to be Hashem Had to be Hashem who made the sun, who made the moon Lightning flash and thunder boom He even helped me write this tune Had to be Hashem And who else could we ever find To create souls for all mankind And furnish them Hashem. 
How did Noah get all the animals he put in his table to fit? And how could Avram walk through a fire without getting burnt a bit? It must have been a miracle, fantastic, amazing miracle from the one and only Hashem. It must have been a miracle, most amazing miracle from the one and only Hashem. How did Yaakov fight with an angel and know he did not get cream? Yosef at Sadiq, well, he knew the meaning to everyone else's dreams. How did the Jews get out of Mitzrayim, where they all worked as slaves? And walk through the Yamsuf without getting wet, while the Mitzrayim were hit with the waves. It must have been a miracle, fantastic, amazing miracle, from the one and only Hashem. It must have been a miracle, most amazing miracle, from the one and only Hashem. Why did the sun stand still in the heavens, in the valley of Ayalon? How did young David kill the big giant with nothing more than a stone? How could Daniel sit with the lions who were so hungry and mean? King Ahasuerus from all of those ladies picked Esther to be his queen. To destroy it, well, there's only one reason why. It's gotta be a miracle, fantastic, amazing miracle from the one and only Hashem. It's gotta be a miracle, the most amazing miracle from the one and only Hashem. You'll see real soon something's gonna happen that makes all the others seem small. Thunder and lightning and the sound of a shofar, Mashiach will give us his call. It's gonna be a miracle, a fantastic, amazing miracle from the one and only Hashem. It's gonna be a miracle, the most amazing miracle from the one and only Hashem.
Thank you. 
Good morning, master of the world. Good morning, master of the world. Hi, boy, Good morning, master of the world. I boy,
Scared to see the light my parents shine towards me. What I thought I saw was not really dead, so beautiful and nothing can compare. We fought so hard to get it while I sit here and neglect it. It's so beautiful, but I couldn't see yet. You see me running. kept on showing and the light kept on glowing to the end.
Before that dance medley, you heard the uh, running back to you from our friends at Waterbury. Avram Alavram Free with the brand new Boker Tov selection. Ari Boy Andrews Ashrecha Yismuchu from the Yeshiva Boys Choir Journeys with It Had to Be Hashem and Fantastic Amazing Miracle. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and Alchem Segal.com on the Alchem Segal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galit's on the background. There are news from Israel coming up, and plenty more here on a Wednesday at JM in the AM. Yes, he's wagging a Wednesday live lunch. Z Report live lunch happens at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on the Alchem Segal Network. Make sure to be tuned in for that full Wednesday schedule, including Tani Gutterman tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time with his latest and the plenty more. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a uh, Tuesday, for a Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jam the בעקבות התחקיר בגלי צהל שחשף פערים בין גרסת צהל לעדויות הלוחמים והלוחמות מהפיגוע בגבול מצרים שהרע בשבת כפי שפרסם הבוקר כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש אומר ביומן הצהריים תת-אלוף אורן אבמן לשעבר מפקד אוגדה וראש מחלקת הורת לחימה בזרוע היבשה תפיסת ההגנה בגבול מצרים פשוט קרסה התחקיר צריך להיות נוקב וקשה צהל צריך תחקיר בצורה עמוקה זה איך את כל היכולות וכל הקטלניות וכל האמלח והנשק וחיל האוויר וכתבאמים והכל זה מגיע בסוף לאירוע שבו מול אותו מחבל בודד מגיעים להתעכלות כמעט בפייר פייט ידעו או לא ידעו, יש כבר אירוע, יש חדירה, ברור שיש חדירה, ברור שיש נפגעים כל התפיסת מציאות צריכה להיות לחימתית הנציגות בוועדה לבחירת שופטים, חברת הכנסת קרין אלהרר מיש עתיד הגישה את מועמדותה לנציגת האופוזיציה בוועדה. חבר הכנסת חילי טרופר מהמחנה הממלכתי אמר לאמיר בר שלום, שמרנו על אחדות האופוזיציה. אנחנו תמיד נוהגים באחריות, נכון שכנראה שאם היה מועמד שלנו הוא היה זוכה. אבל כשראינו מסביב את ההתנהלות, היא לא תמיד התיישרה עם הספרים ולא הייתה מספיק אחראית. אמרנו, במקום שאין איש כמו כן, בקואליציה טרם החליטו על הנציגים מטעמם. חברת הכנסת טלי גוטליב מהליכוד הצהירה, לא אסיר את מועמדותי, ראש הממשלה לא ישפיע על החלטתי. נתניהו לא יפנה אליי, כי הוא כבר מכיר אותי, והוא יודע שאני מעריכה אותו כמדינאי מעולה, אבל יש מהלכים שאני לא מוכנה לקחת בהם חלק. אני מאמינה במשילות, ואין שום סיבה רוחבית, אופקית, עומקית, שאני אעשה מחווה לאופוזיציה. קיבלתי מנדט, יש לי 64 חברי כנסת, שיצביעו לקואליציה. 
כתב אישום הוגש נגד שני עובדים בנמל אשדוד, הנאשמים בגרימת מוות ברשלנות. כתבנו בדרום, רמי שני. רשלנותם של שני עובדים בנמל אשדוד גרמה למותו של עובד אחר. השניים עסקו בפריקת גלילי מתכת בפברואר 2020. אחד הגלילים ניתק ממקומו ופגע בעובד שנפגע באופן אנוש ונפטר לאחר מכן במרכז הרפואי אסותא באשדוד. היום הוגש נגד השניים לבית משפט השלום בבאר שבע כתב אישום בו הם מואשמים בגרימת מוות ברשלנות. החשד לרצח הנער שלו אפללו שוחרר למעצר בית הנהג החשוד ברצח חן זיו לאחר שיתר החשודים שוחררו ביומיים האחרונים לביתם. כתבתנו בתל אביב, אנה פינס מוסיפה שהשופטת ציינה בהחלטתה כי החקירה לא מתקדמת והחשדות לא התגבשו דיים. השלטון הרוסי בחרסון הכריז על מצב חירום בעקבות פיצוץ הסכר בנובה קחובקה. לפחות שבעה אזרחים רוסים הוכרזו נעדרים. הרב יוסף וולף באוקראינה סיפר ליעל דן על האסון הכבד. המים ממשיכים עדיין לעלות. באזורים שצמודי נהר זה כבר מגיע לשתיים וחצי מטר גובה. יש עשרות כפרים שהם פשוט נעלמים תחת המים. אנחנו עסוקים בלעזור לאנשים 30 שנה, אנחנו בשליחות הרבי בחרסון, אנחנו נמשיך לעשות את זה. אם כולם יעשו, אנחנו האחרונים שנכבה את האור. נפטרה הסערה סביב חלוקת הכרטיסים למשחק הראשון בגמר ליגת העל בכדורסל. הפועל תל אביב הודיע כי מכירת 1,500 הכרטיסים לקהל אוהדיה במשחק מחר תיפתח הערב בשבע. כתב חדשות הספורט יונתן גריל מציין כי בית הדין של איגוד הכדורסל לא קיבל את טענות מכבי תל אביב והורה לה להעביר את הכרטיסים עד לשעה זו. התחזית מעונן חלקית עד בהיר תחול עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות, אך הן עדיין תהיינה רגילות לעונה. אלה החדשות.
with Yefei Nov. Nice song, huh? Yeah, Jerusalem-related, certainly. That's why it's Yefei Nov. Isaac and Rubenstein, who joined us yesterday, you heard both Bomba Shiach and the brand-new Better With You here at JMDM. Those are two gentlemen originally from England, now in Israel, and making quite an impact uh, musically. And It was great speaking with them yesterday. I know that our conversation got interrupted a drop with literally a drop in our network, uh, <laughs> in our network connection. Uh, but uh, certainly the uh, archive is full and robust with amazing brand new music and great conversation. You can check it out online, of course, NahumSiegel.com and on the NSN app. You're listening to a, a Wednesday morning edition of JMM on this 7th day of June, day 18 in the month of Sivan, the year 5783. Tough Pei Pei a special Mazal Tov to all the graduates out there. After all, it's the month of June. And a special mazal tov to everybody at the uh, TABC, Torah Academy of Bergen County, graduation last night. It was a uh, an amazing get-together uh, right here in Bergen County in Teaneck at TABC. And just a beautiful and wonderful ceremony. And for the Siegel family, quite emotional because it ends a uh, an 18-year association with the TABC uh, to whom we are very very thankful. So again, uh, Mazal Tov to the uh, administration, the faculty, parents, students, and everybody who was celebrating last night. It was really nice to be part of it. Coming up are by Dr. Jacob J. Schachter. Rabbi Schachter is going to join us in studio here at JM in the AM in our new Jersey studio. The uh, project is called Operation Benjamin, and we'll use that as an opportunity to uh, find out what Rabbi Schachter has been up to over the last couple of weeks. We'll explain what that means because he was part of a very important mission. And that'll be happening live in studio right here at JM in the AM. 
Oh, by the way, we've been, <laughs> we've been well, at least at least at some point last week, we, we were making a very big deal about the fact that we're one partial off from Israel, diaspora and Israel, one partial separated. And it's still so frustrating to me. Uh, Rabbi Heber is going to join us tomorrow morning in the 8 o'clock hour. Rabbi Heber, tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour, he will try to calm me down on this whole issue. <laughs> he already has started to calm me down off the air. Uh, but uh, we'll see if I come around at all. Tomorrow, 8 o'clock hour, Rabbi David Heber, our calendaric consultant on one of my favorite topics, being off uh, the Parsha schedule with the state of Israel. So we'll do all of that tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock hour, right here at JM in the AM. Oh, yes, I know. That's always fascinating conversation. And tomorrow, I am sure, will be no exception. More coming up. It's JM in the AM with Shua Rose.
J.M. in the A.M., that's a uh, selection from um, Ellie Marcus, his brand-new album, here at J.M. in the A.M. Um, song is called Hashem O's. Ruli Dickman before that, leave note by it. Hoshiani came from Shua Rose. And Yefei Nof was Ellie Levin here at J.M. in the A.M. Rabbi Dr. Jacob J. Schachter is going to join us coming up. We're going to talk about Operation Benjamin. Get a first-hand account of what happened uh, in Europe on Memorial Day. This year I'm talking about, yeah. Not talking about 80 years ago. I'm talking about this year. <laughs> we'll find out uh, coming up here at JM in the AM. Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebedebus of Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basarbus of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. In the middle of the Parsha of the Novi Sheker, the false prophet, we read the Pasuk, Go after the ways of Hashem, 
and it is he that you shall fear. In Meseches Nadarim, we read something fascinating. Rabbi Amma Baraba said, Ben Gimel Shonim, at three years old, Hikir Avram Avinu Esboiroi. Avram was able to recognize that there is a God in the world. Avram Avinu was three years old. The Medrash cites a Manda Omar, a different opinion, that says he was 48 years old when he was Makir, the Borei when he recognized that there is Hashem. The opinion that Avram Avinu was three years old is because that is the time when a person is understood to be Bechlau Das, a person that has knowledge. But what is the reasoning behind the Manda Omar that says Avram Avinu was 48 years old? Why particularly at that age? The Sar Shalom, the great Belzarebbe says, because there is a time when it's easy to be close to Hashem, and there is a time when it's more difficult. However, even though it may be at a time that it's difficult, when a person is misamitz, a Jew gathers his strength and girds himself to do the avodah, he can achieve great milas in serving Hashem. That's the reason why the Mandamar says that Avram Avinu was 48 years old, even though it was during the days of the Dor Haflogo, the generation that rebelled at a time when it was very difficult to be close to Hashem. Nevertheless, Avram Avinu fortified his strength in self-sacrifice to serve Hashem and to come close to Him. That's the reason why he was Zoche, to be Makir the Boreolam, to recognize Hashem at that time. This is the explanation of when it tells us, when there comes about a Nabi Sheker, when we see things that could start to wear at a person and test our faith, we should know at that point, that's when you got to go after Hashem, and you have to develop an extra special fear of Hashem at that time. That's the point. When a person has nisyonos in life and the obstacles, that's when we have to strengthen ourselves and do our avodah. In the schus of withstanding the nisayon, then we are zochah to all the brachos in the world, and evil will cease to exist. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Hashem, Melekai, Melekai, Yavoy, Sai.
There are times when I stand by a mirror to take a close look at myself and the face that I see looking right back at me wishes it was someone else But there is only one you a fragment of light from above that would joyfully serve and cling to our shell if only it knew the depth of his love time to leave your cocoon my dear butterfly show yourself and the world just how Hashem will be there at your side And Hashem will be there at your side There are times when I hear music playing but it's more a lament than a song I'm so used to the pain of its tragic refrain that whispers you don't belong but there is only one you and a shaman Precious and sweet Our lives are a chorus In praise of Hashem And when your voice is missing The song's incomplete It's time to leave your cocoon My dear butterfly Show yourself and the world Just how very high Hashem will be there at your side And Hashem will be there at your side I've been told every soul sent from heaven has its very own mountain to climb though some do prevail many stumble and fail and I know not which fate will be mine but there is only one you with the calling of your The road may be long, a test of the heart But you'll never, no, never have to walk it alone
Hashem will be there at your side. Yes, he'll always be there at our side. Song a lot of people are talking about. It's Butterfly, for a brand new from A.B. Rottenberg and Shulam Lemmer. Quite a combination, quite a duo here. At JM in the AM. Before that, you heard the Modani done by Aralis Salmon and Shlemy Gertner. It's also a brand new selection uh, here on a, a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM. And by the way, uh, tomorrow, Rabbi David Heber, we're going to do a little therapy session tomorrow for me because Rabbi Heber off the air has been uh, working very hard to get me more used to the idea that it's not such a terrible thing that diaspora is one parsha off from Israel. Uh, you, our regular listeners, know my attitude toward this whole topic. So tomorrow he's going to join us, and uh, hopefully he will calm me down a bit on this topic. Uh, he certainly uh, um, he certainly tried off the air, and I think may have been a little bit successful, frankly. So we'll speak with him about that tomorrow morning, the eight o'clock hour, right here at JM. The by David Heber, our calendaric consultant at JM. In the AM. Well, I've been uh, touting the fact that uh, I very, very much have been looking forward to this morning and to this conversation. Uh, Rabbi Dr. Jacob J. Schachter is here, a well-known Orthodox rabbi, uh, somebody who is a professor of Jewish history and Jewish thought, uh, somebody who has uh, had uh, some of the most distinguished pulpits in our greater Jewish community, and uh, was uh, reunited with us when um, Shalom Lamb brought to our attention the incredible work of Operation Benjamin. Those of you who recall that conversation, uh, you'll remember that um, Operation Benjamin had quite a Memorial Day just a couple of weeks ago, which we'll talk about. Operation Benjamin is devoted to preserving the memories of American Jewish servicemen and women who made the ultimate sacrifice while defending the cause of freedom during World War II, or by Dr. Jacob J. Schachter, a pleasure and an honor to welcome you to JM in the AM. And the pleasure and the honor is mine without any question. Oh, I so appreciate it's, it's that. It was great to be here. We thank you so much for all your incredible work on behalf of our entire community. I appreciate that very much. Um, yesterday, and everything, it's always funny, you know, the context of when conversations on the air take place. Yesterday, I was asked to speak... Uh, to a group of students graduating from elementary school, uh, which, if you do the math, means that they were born in 2009. (laughs) And and I am trying to convey to them some of the great historical episodes that have happened over the last 30, 40 years during my career. And, you know, uh, know, uh, without any criticism, you know, it's not their fault. Sometimes some blank stares because they're not familiar with any of these stories. And now... I wonder, and we'll get to Operation Benjamin, obviously, that's our focus, but I wonder uh, if you, as time goes by, worry about the current generations and the fact that World War II, such an important landmark milestone event for the free world, uh, that its history and its story is starting to wane away. So it's fascinating you say that because I had an exactly similar experience You had it yesterday, I had it on Monday. I went to speak to a group of eighth graders 
in a very prominent uh, day local school. day school. <laughs> uh, they asked me to come to speak about my father, uh, my father who liberated the Buchenwald concentration camp. Right. They had a unit on the Holocaust, and they were talking about liberators. And uh, then they got to my father, and then the dean of students, who was a student of mine, asked me to come to speak to them. Uh, and of course, I uh, was very honored to do so. I always welcome an opportunity to speak about my father's life. Sure. And uh, this is after, we're now in June. This is after um, at least a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months. And it's really hard to connect because it's ancient history. I try to connect when I ask them, how many of you are great grandchildren of Holocaust survivors? So maybe 20% raised their hand. So I had something. They had some connection. But you're absolutely right. As time goes on, this becomes the Spanish expulsion. This becomes the Chmelnitsky massacres. Uh, and uh, the fear is, but it's realistic that as time goes on, as survivors pass away, as four generations go by, it's, it's, it's something in deep memory that hopefully people talk about sometime. And this is the way life is, and we're just learning that lesson now in this generation. I am sure that our predecessors went through this, as you pointed out, countless times in our history. So it's, it's different. You know, we're talking about people who can't relate to uh, uh, episodes of World War II either directly or through their parents. You know, people in my generation certainly had a prior generation to lean on when it came to the memory, even those living in the United States, when it came to the memory of being around during that uh, terrible period of time followed by the, the victory, thank God, of the Allies. So for those who don't know, uh, American involvement in World War II began at Normandy. Many have seen the film, the very raw black and white footage. Um, uh, many have learned and studied uh, that that's where American involvement began with uh, literally a uh, uh, arrival of American troops at Normandy, France. And I, if I have it correct, that is where you and the Operation Benjamin Group spent Memorial Day. Is that right? Yes, yes. I, I would say that the general involvement of uh, America in World War II uh, was precipitated by the bombing of Pearl Harbor at the end of 41, right. and already they're starting to gear up. Uh, my father volunteered uh, for the United States Army to fight Hitler in 1942, so there's already a lot of progress going on, but the real, the, the real move happened uh, at D-Day, which was the beginning of the end for the Germans. It was the time when the counteroffensive was launched. And that's exactly where we were uh, on uh, Memorial Day. It was very meaningful uh, to be there, particularly on Memorial Day. There's a magnificent uh, Normandy American military cemetery that has some 9,500 graves. How far from the area where American troops landed? Uh, it's in a visual distance. Oh, my gosh. When you're standing in the cemetery, at one end, you look over and right down are the beaches and the water and the English Channel. You see it. It's right there. Uh, you see the bluffs. You have to look down because those are the bluffs. Those were the cliffs that the American soldiers and Canadian soldiers, Allied soldiers, had to master to be able to get over and that's where they were sitting ducks because the Germans were sitting right there on top. And it's so visually visceral, you could see it. And you can't even imagine how it's possible to be able to climb over and uh, to be successful. But uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, they were, and we were there. And uh, our goal is, uh, as an organization, we found that there are a number of 
American Jewish soldiers buried in Normandy, and not only in Normandy, right. but there are about 27 American military cemeteries overseas, and they're buried under Latin crosses. And uh, for us, that's an issue. We, we feel that that's wrong, and uh, we do the research first to show that they're Jewish, to prove beyond the question that they're Jewish, and then we do research to find a family. Uh, there is a agency of the Army, the American Battle Monuments Commission, which is in charge of all of these cemeteries, and they've told us uh, from the very beginning that in order to change a marker, which is our goal, right. uh, it's not enough to prove they're Jewish because who knows what the story is. So we need to find a family member. Only a family member can make that request. And that's it. If it's not a formal request from the family, they are not going to act on it. That's correct. Without um, a formal request, um, who knows what the story is? They, the Can we call it one cemetery in Normandy? Would that be accurate? Are there, are there multiple in that area, or is it one massive one? There's one massive American cemetery. There are other cemeteries. Dedicated to American military. Dedicated to American military. And, do we, and not that I'd expect you to know this off the cuff, but it's possible that you do know off the top of your head, would you know how many people are buried in that cemetery? Like it's, I said around 9,500. 9,500. Around 9,500, give or take. Service members. Service members who were killed... M- pretty much during the Normandy right. invasion and shortly thereafter, right. who are buried there. And uh, roughly around 160-something are buried under Jewish stars. Right, so the meaning, as we would say, from the beginning of this journey, when they, when they were killed and it was time to honor them properly, 160 did have proper, uh, proper markings, let's put it that way, on their resting place. Um, we've already done, I think, three or four there. So In Normandy. In that particular cemetery, we've done 23 altogether, right. three or four there. Um, understand that this is not the first time they were buried. This right. is probably the third or fourth time they were buried. Um, first From the time battlefield they, to a temporary the battlef- spot. Exactly, to a second temporary right. spot. And then finally in 1947, they put together this unbelievably magnificently beautiful, uh, holy, solemn, organized cemetery. And at that point, the army sent a letter, a telegram to each family of each soldier giving them the option to bring the remains of their loved one back stateside Ah. at army expense if they so choose. And in fact, most of them chose. They want to be near family. Of course. And then not only only the Jews, but the Christians. People want their their Jimmy to be home. Of course. Uh, So those who are left are those who either, uh, the family said, you know what, just leave them. And we know in our cases where the families just found it incredibly too difficult to have to deal a second time opening the wounds or they just for some reason never responded to the inquiry on the part of the army so there's a there's a miut there's a there's a smaller percentage and many more were killed but most of them were sent home Rabbi dr jacob j schachter is here visiting us in studio at jmm we're talking about operation benjamin uh, it's obvious that every function of a service member in World War II was important, including the chaplains, right? They played a major role. I have to assume that once the war ended, 
uh, and you would know this almost firsthand, once the war ended in that period of time between 45 and 47, they must also have had a major role just in terms of keeping track of service members and where they were buried temporarily and then helping, I assume, the authorities follow up. I mean, this is a religious matter to all religions, right? But it generally, it was done by the army themselves. They had uh, a very thoughtful and incredible set of offices that dealt with tracking each of these bodies. Um, there's uh, a long, sometimes quite involved file for every single soldier. And we see how one step led to another, all the letters, all the telegrams, mm-hmm. the responses from the families back to the army, the army back to the family. They were extremely So meticulous. they essentially took full responsibility for it. And they did didn't a, have to be urged on by chaplains or others. No, and they did a very good job. We don't allege one whit. Was it of, similar in World War One? Is that was there a similar system? Was it similar in Vietnam? Is there is, is there an organized system since World War Two when I, it comes to military deaths? So now I'm in over my head, <laughs> certainly with World War One. Although we've been asked uh, to, we're considering once we're done with World War Two to go to World War One. Are there major cemeteries that have the American there service? Are, there World are. War? Our uh, estimates are in World War Two. Roughly, and there's obviously no way of knowing for sure until we start to really uh, examine, somewhere around 450. Um, we've done 23. So that's what we say is a school of Farichas Yamim, right. that I'll be 396 uh, by the time we finish World War II. Amen <laughs> And then we'll have to see where we stand with World War. We're trying to expedite this and, and hasten the process. Understood. So I don't really know. I'm assuming World War One is the same. Um, and... With Vietnam, I believe, and here I am prepared to stand corrected, that the bodies were sent back. Right. I'm, I'm, I would be surprised if right. there were American military cemeteries in Vietnam. Right. Um, so, uh, I mean, this whole uh, this whole uh, discussion of Operation Benjamin, as you know, started with Shalom Lamb, who I'm assuming, unless you were with him from the beginning, I assume brought you in, or were you, in fact, with him from the beginning of this? So it's actually the other way around. Oh, um, wow. It I'm, started so- I'm in, sorry. It's okay. It's fine. I love Shalom. <laughs> Got to give credit where credit's no, due. No, it's fine. And, and, I, and I must give credit to Shalom because <laughs> we would be absolutely... Absolutely nowhere without Shalom. What happened was in 2014, I was leading a group of uh, American Jews on a Jewish history trip. Um, I did that for a while, a very small group of people. We traveled together for about six or seven years to different countries. And the goal was to learn about the Rush, where the Rush lived, to learn about the Rush Bo, where the Rush Bo lived. Uh, Great Torah commentaries. Great Torah commentaries, great uh, rabbinic authorities in uh, the Middle Ages to study their works in the cities and towns where they actually flourished. And we were in France. There's a great deal in in France. We were in in Paris. There's a tremendous amount of Jewish history in Paris. Uh, The Rashi's grandchildren, the Tosafists, flourished in that area. We went to see the little towns. And then as American citizens, it was in 2014, it was the 70th anniversary of D-Day. So we said, you know, we're here already. Let's take a trip to Normandy as Americans and pay our respects. I think it just passed the anniversary of D-Day. Was it yesterday? Maybe? Yes, it was yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And so that's how it started. And we went to Normandy. And I'm walking around with six, eight, ten sweet friends. And every once in a while, the incredible symmetry of the crosses in every single direction, it looks like you're looking at one cross because it's right. so organized. The symmetry is broken by a Jewish star. And obviously we were 
drawn to the Jewish stars. We also paid respects to all of the soldiers. Um, And I began to think there should be more Jewish stars here. I mean, I knew the statistics, 2.8%, but I I don't know. There were seas of crosses, which is what there should have been. But there should have been more Jewish stars. And it, it started to nudge me. Um, I set it aside, and then a couple of weeks later, I saw Shalom at uh, at a vart in West Hempstead. We were celebrating an engagement together, and he's an old, old, old friend, and he's uh, interested in military history that I always knew. Right. And I said, Shalom, you and I was just recently in Normandy. I think there should have been more Jewish stars. And he went with it. He went home, spent the whole night trying to figure out what the percentages were, and sure enough... There should be a, should have been a hundred more Jewish stars based on the percentages. So where did the Jews go? And one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And uh, surprising to me, I never imagined it would be so entrenched and so successful. And that is absolutely due to Shalom's efforts. We have developed incredibly warm relationship with the Army, the American Battle Monument. It was not like that from the beginning. From the beginning, it was very complicated. They didn't know who we were. It took them, from the time we got going, the first one turned out to be not Jewish. Uh, The name was Mendel Jacobson. It turned out not to be Jewish. His mother was not Jewish. The second one, uh, we found 100% is Jewish, but we... We're not able to get the permission of the family. It was the only time we had a problem with a family. Wow, those are two obstacles that could you know, derail a project. Yeah, so we were 0 for 2 when yeah. we got started, and we were just mom and pop. We were just the, the, the two of us, and Shalom has a mechutin, Steve Lamar, who was extremely helpful uh, to us. Uh, I had a student in Yeshiva College. I, I, I teach in Yeshiva. I had a student, uh, Yaakov Ellenbogen, who I asked to spend a couple of hours poking around so we were 0 for 2, and we finally found uh, Benjamin Garadetsky. That's why we're Operation Benjamin. He was our first uh-huh. successful. And uh, we found out that he's Jewish, 100%. We were told that we had to find a family. We found a family. And took 18 months for them to okay. Now it takes a month because we have such a warm relationship right. that Shalom And ends. a track record, etc. Yeah, they know that we're serious. Shalom and I'm assuming you were at each one, right? No, I was not at... Were I you at that not, one? Were you at the first one? I was at the first one. I was at the first one. And Shalom and Steve are extremely, extremely helpful. The, we were in Manila, the Philippines. Right. And we did three separate days of marker changes. Um, we were all uh, at, the, uh, at the first one. That is, Shalom and I were in Manila. We did five in one day right before COVID. We did another one in the middle of COVID that nobody could get to, but we worked with the local Jewish community. And then... Uh, Shalom and uh, others went back just this past February, but I, I, I work at YU. I teach. <laughs> can't be at everything, huh? Can't be at everything. And the, and the Philippines, um, do we know how many service members, American service members there? Like, is it I think also in, a large number? I think they're in that one, in the Manila American Military Seminary, Cemetery, I believe there are 17,500. That's even more than Normandy. Uh, double. Wow. Double. I, don't, I would never have even known that. Wow. Well, th- this is the... Japanese theater. Right. We, we've been focusing till now on, on Europe. Yeah. And part of the reason is, speaking of Europe, that American Jewish soldiers were afraid to be identified as Jews right. because it's bad enough if they were POW as an American, but now to it's add a Jewish to the fact, POW. Right? Jewish POW. So and we know that they were discriminated against and we know that they were tortured way more 
than other POWs were, were mistreated. Um, and that accounts partially for why it ended up that they were under a cross right. through no fault. It was All right, you know, what's it like? And I, I, I don't like these types of questions, but I'm going to ask it anyway. All right. What is it like on Memorial Day? Which all of us feel a tinge of something. After all, you know there are there are some sincere people on social media that do remind us that there's something to the day here in the United States, remembering those who gave their lives so we could love and live in luxury and freedom. As I always like to point out, what's it like on Memorial Day to walk through that cemetery? We'll talk about the Jewish aspect in a moment because that video to me was jarring. I said that to you off the air, which I regret. I don't like doing that off the air, but we will uh, review how that ceremony took place. But what is the feeling? walking through that cemetery on the anniversary that we consider so vital Memorial Day. It's extremely touching. It's extremely moving. It's extremely somber. Uh, this was when we were there, Memorial Day was a week before the anniversary of D-Day. So right. there's a lot of thinking about the forthcoming D-Day. Right. On Sunday, the day before Memorial Day, the American Battle Monuments Commission had a major ceremony uh, in Normandy uh, and uh, reflected deeply on what happened and on the service and sacrifice of uh, American Jew American servicemen. Um, as a son of uh, a soldier, uh, my father was a chaplain, uh, for me it was particularly resonant. I think part of what drives me and motivates me in this entire effort is somehow I'm channeling my, my father's Care de caring deeply about soldiers. It was a uh, very, uh, very special, very solemn. And it's hard not to focus on the sacrifice that so many thousands made. I mean, if we are going to continue to enjoy, and whether we will or not is something we could debate on the political front, but if we're going to continue to enjoy the freedom, the luxury, the incredible independence that we as Jews and as America, Americans, and then of course Jewish Americans have in this country, if you're sincere, if you have, you know, if you have some seichel, as they say, it's hard not to appreciate the incredible sacrifice that they made to set this all up for us. Uh, you're absolutely right. And then you walk through the rows, and every single marker is another life, is another family, is another story. Is there a date of birth and date of death on it? Or? Every single marker has the name of the soldier, the date of when the soldier was killed, the rank of the soldier, and the state that the soldier came from. Boy. On the crosses and on the Jewish stars. Could you imagine if they added the age? That would, that would be even more jarring seeing, you know, yeah. at what age they but sacrificed you could their tell, lives. You could tell the incredible power and passion. And uh, every single one of them was a life that was cut short. And we need to have gratitude. They, they made the ultimate sacrifice Unbelievable. so we could walk around. Now, when it comes to, and you know which video I mean, the one that was circulating of the actual ceremony where the cross is, uh, is lifted up from the, and removed from the, uh, from the space where the marker is and the mug and David, the star of David is then, uh, inserted. And, and by the way, I'm saying it in a very rigid fashion, but that's how it looked. It looked like it's a very, you know, cemeteries in general, <laughs> those of us who've been to cemeteries and have been to funerals, it's a, it's usually a haphazard type of activity, you know, uh, putting the body in, having the grave covered, lots of dirt flying all over, etc. This is a well-organized, well-managed, 
manicured and efficient what seems to be a machine-like type of operation. Um, that is correct because we're seeing the end. Um, we're not burying a soldier, so the, the soldier's remains are there. The soldier is covered. Um, it takes generally seven or eight hours to dislodge a marker. Wow. Understand that these markers have been there for 75 years. Um, it would be impossible for us to come and them to start working on it. Right. We, we'd be there a whole day. Mm -hmm. So in every single case, one or two or three days before, they start working on this. And by the time we come, the basic cross marker has already been removed and replaced with little divots right just to side, keep it in place just to keep it in place right. so it shouldn't topple over right. so it's very easy at that point it's very smooth it just picks up uh, but you have to understand that it didn't just no, happen I, that I way and that's why it's so well oiled because it's all set up in advance um, it used to be in the first bunch of marker changes that they used to have the jewish uh, star marker on the side of the road so they would pick up the marker with the latin cross and carry it maybe 100 feet to the side and then pick it up and bring it. The last ones that we did and the ones that we did in Normandy, they had two two little stanchions and one was empty and one had the Jewish star and then they picked up the Latin cross smoothly, picked it up, walked four feet and gently put it down on the empty stanchion then went over and picked up the Jewish star and put it in and when they put it in, they put it in the same way. Right. Uh, they don't, put it all the way in, that's going to be tomorrow. That's right. going to be two days from now when they really, really implant it. But they set it in place. But they set it in place so that we can continue with our service. Right. Um, I have a uh, formulation that I fell into my head, the very first one in Normandy, uh, after uh, Benjamin Garadetsky's star was placed. I, some reason, just walked over and I said... Um, Private Garadetsky, on behalf of the United States of America, on behalf of our citizens, we're very grateful to you for having made the ultimate sacrifice. And Benjamin, on behalf of the Jewish people, we welcome you home. Wow. And I stopped. And that became the moniker that is recited. It's almost like a liturgical text. Yeah, like a mole. Like a mole. On behalf of the Jewish people, we welcome you home. When you're there, do you try to uh, say a Malayan Kaddish? Every or? time. Every so time. There's always a minion. Uh, yes. Uh, the first one, and Garadetsky was hard. So right. I knew somebody who knew somebody who had a summer <laughs> home. And there were Jews from Paris. Uh, the word got out. It's a three-hour train ride. Uh, Jews from Paris came to make sure we had a minion. We had family members, but between us and the family members, right. it was not enough. And it's extremely uh, moving. And in the Philippines, are you able to gather enough people? Yes, we're very uh, fortunate that there is a wonderful uh, community in Manila that we have connected to who have been extremely helpful for us. Um, and the uh, Israeli ambassador in, in Has joined Manila you? joined us. Wow. Um, the American ambassador was with us in the Philippines. It's extremely powerful. They both spoke. They both participated. The American ambassador uh, was uh, planning on staying. Remember, we did five. Right. He was planning on just speaking, showing up, and leaving. 
but he was so uh, touched that he stayed with us and went from grave to grave. Rabbi Dr. Jacob J. Schachter is here. I'm fascinated sometimes by minutia of these operations, so bear with me. The, the workers that are doing all this, as you described it, the removal, the, the, the Mug and David being inserted, are, are they military people? Are they? No, they're local, uh, they're local uh, Frenchmen. Because they seemed hired. more distinguished than your average cemetery worker. Yeah. Or is the United States military Machbid <laughs> to take people that are dignified enough to do this? I think the military is so committed to do their work with the utmost level of respect that they convey the incredible importance of that to the people who work for them. These are locals who work for them. There, there are. But you feel nothing but cooperation and respect from them. Absolutely, absolutely, we feel uh, mutual uh, admiration, and and uh, some of them may actually be, you know, uh, from a segment of of Christianity. So then, and they're removing the cross, you could see some, you know, I don't know about resentment, but certainly might be difficult for them to, you know, to do that, especially when you know the goals sometimes of those of the Christian faith, but nonetheless, they're cooperating. It's so interesting that you say that because um, at every marker change, Shalom speaks, and he addresses that question head on. And he says, the fact that we're removing a symbol is complicated. And he talks about the fact that the cross sometimes was helpful to Jews right. in times when they and were... And many times not. And most of the time not. <laughs> right. But we bid fond farewell to these silent civil sentinels who have stood watch over this soldier right. for many, many decades. That's and a we good express point. our gratitude to right. them. So we bid them a fond farewell. It's not as if good riddance... Um, we have a great deal of respect for them, and uh, we we are grateful to them, and now we're moving on to do the right thing. I mean, you, you need to understand how important that is you to know, convey what you just said in that manner. Yes. I mean, that's such an important piece to this whole thing. Because we're speaking to... Right, superintendent. But I worry that's correct. But I, but not just that. You're also speaking spiritually yes. to a degree. Yes. To 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 whatever was in fact you know watching over our boys. Yes. You know at that point. That's right. That's right. It's hard to do because it is a right. cross, but it's magiyalahem. It's correct. appropriate to do, and it's the right thing to do. And yeah. shalom does it magnificently. See, I I always think that this type of attitude, as you just described, is limited to, I'll say our, even though you might argue we're not from the same one, but I'll say from our generation and before. I'm hoping that Jewish leadership, and you did travel with some young Jewish leaders, spiritual leaders on some of these trips. I, I hope they get how important that piece is to this whole thing. Um, I, I would hope so too. Uh, today it's harder right. to, uh, to, to make a case for sensitivity such as this because there's such divisions and such, um, I would say also lack of sophistication right. and connections. Sometimes ignorance, frankly. And a lot of ignorance and a lot of bias. Right. But, um, which, which, you know, it, it's well founded. Right. But, uh, but you're doing your when best. When you got to do <laughs> what you got to do, you got to do it right. Right, exactly. Um, so now uh, I would guess that you're up to date on what the future holds. Are we working now? Operation Benjamin on, on more 
Jewish soldiers that will likely have their markers replaced at some please point? Please, God. Please, God. There are 30 now in the hopper. There are 30 names on your desk at the moment? 30 names on the desk in various stages of uh, completion. Any of them close? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number with them family are ready to make the request? With, with families ready to make the request. And some of case, I believe families have already made the request. And is that Europe or, or uh, the Philippines? Um, I think in both. Wow. Um, and so you got to uh, go back, or someone's got to go yeah, back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, we've got to go back. Uh, there's a lot to do. We have a genealogist, Rachel Silverman, who is doing the massive heavy lifting together with Shalom on this. She's the one who does all the research to define, to, to uh, uh, demonstrate that the soldier is Jewish and then finds the family and she's constantly, Shalom keeps on finding and working with her very closely. So we're, we're, we're churning, we're, we're going, we're doing. Wow. Uh, we need money. If we had more money, then we would be able to hire more genealogists. To and, and the money, the and the process. money, and again, you'll tell me if this is too much of a stretch. But religiously, the money is being used for Chesed Shalemis, correct? Totally. Even it, though that person's already buried, and that's how we normally associate Chesed Shalemis, you know, right. burying someone who otherwise would not be buried or whose burial would be postponed. Mm-hmm. Here, they're already buried, but nonetheless, to have the proper marker and to pay to fund for the proper marking is a Chesed Shalemis, no? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, I, I, I would like you and your listening audience to understand that when we first got started, and we discovered that they're Jewish and proved that they're Jewish, we try to see if there's a way that we could disinter them and bring them to Kever Yisrael, to bring right. them to a Jewish cemetery. That would be the ultimate goal. Right. But that was absolutely not going to be an option for right. us. Once they were buried the third or fourth right. time, I mentioned earlier that the families did have a chance right. to bring them back. And but chose this is not it. to, right. They chose not to or, right. or whatever... This is it. And do we really consider this a Christian cemetery or because of the military aspect, it, it may not I'm even not be? I'm not sure halachically right. exactly what it is, right. but I would prefer that Understood. a Jew would be in a Jewish cemetery. Right. It's certainly not a Jewish cemetery. Right. But at this point, the only thing that we could do, which is so important, is to place a marker over the remains of this soldier that represents their ancestral faith. Right. And to identify them in a way that they identify themselves for their entire lives and their families. Uh, This is a massive chesed. And I want to add something else. One of the things that motivates me is not just, not just, I mean, not only this incredible chesed shalemis that that whatever the neshama is, whatever the soul is, that they should be hovering around a marker that, that identifies with us. But I want more people to recognize when they walk into the cemetery, either virtually or in person, that there are more Jewish stars. Right. Especially now, when there are such complications with Jewish life in America, I want people to know that there were more Jews who made the ultimate sacrifice for America, for democracy, and for freedom. And what you're saying has been an actual issue at times, where political leaders have used the opportunity to stress how Jews did not help in in the, what in we the described as the, the not just the war effort but getting us to the point of freedom and independence yes and it was left only to the christian boys and sure enough as we know uh, that's a complete falsehood it's a complete falsehood but i i want it to be in their faces right. i want them to see more and more so if we could put another hundred jewish stars there and another 400 all over the right. uh cemeteries to me that's also 
an incredibly important consideration. So it's a religious consideration, and I think it's a sociological, social consideration. I think this is a real tzedakah. Uh, this is a real chesed. It's a real chesed shel MS. They can't do anything for us. The families, we don't ask for money. We tell them right away. Right. As soon as we contact the family, not looking for money. Right. This is all on us. Look, with the disposable income in the Jewish world, there are uh, <laughs> there are uh, better things to do than what many of us do with that income. So this yeah. would be in that category, and everybody yeah. should certainly consider it. As you know, uh, there are families associated with um, associated with. Oh, you have to go. I apologize, no, but no. I but I could do this for the next hour. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but I have. Is to. it a class? Uh, it's almost a class. Can I can I go and beg your <laughs> yeah, students sorry. for some more time? As you know, there are members, uh, there are people in the community, families in the, our community, in our greater Jewish community, who are uh, very much associated with us here at this network. I'm referring, of course, to the Fagans and the Adelsbergs, etc., who have gotten involved. If a if a family or anybody out there, um, a balabas wants to be part of Operation Benjamin, you are welcoming that at this moment. Very, very much so. We have a uh, website. I urge. Anyone who's interested to first start with the website, uh, right. www.operationbenjamin.org, and then go from there and uh, be in touch with Shalom, be in touch with me, and uh, we're looking for support, and we're looking for fellow travelers. Very and, important for and us. And you can make a donation literally on the site if you want to on participate. The site, on the website, on the website. Rabbi Dr. Jacob J. Schachter just described here on the air. Uh, we didn't even get an opportunity to talk about the uh, uh, the role of... Um, of um, Jewish service members during the war itself, but I guess we'll have an opportunity to feature You'll invite time. me back. I'll I have, be happy I have to no come. choice. I'm in, I have no choice come. but to invite. What is the topic of today's lecture, by the way? What are we, uh, we're, we're sending you off to address the students on what topic? Um, I'm finishing up a unit on Rabbi Joseph P. Soloveitchik. Wow. This is the 120th birthday, the 30th yard site. I have a Chabura at Reitz. I have a group of uh, boys at uh, Yeshiva University uh, and I study with them what they want. Uh, there's no special curriculum. Uh, I always you take invite requests. Them. I take requests. <laughs> I take requests, and then I do the research and put material together. They requested after Pesach. Uh, they requested um, Rabbi Joseph Isalovechik, and so that's the, we're wrapping it up today. And a lot of personal experiences a lot go of into personal it. Personal stories, yes, yes. So you, that's a third reason for you to invite me back i'll be happy to share let's not wait to the 121st let's yes. let's try to do it during I'm the in. i'm in nachem it's really a pleasure to be here. i really appreciate you being here and thank you so much and i look forward to our next encounter thank and good luck with operation so. benjamin thank what you. an incredible thing to do and that memorial day experience for you must have been just completely off the charts very very special very precious we look forward to going back we look forward to continuing our work we look forward to to support to make this possible. Uh, go to the website, operationbenjamin.org. Make a donation and learn more about the incredible work they are doing to preserve the memories of American Jewish servicemen and women who made the ultimate sacrifice defending the cause of freedom during World War II and allowing us to live in the lap of luxury and freedom and convenience uh, and independence here in the United States of America. More coming up. It is a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. In a village near our home 
Works a carpenter alone He's been carving wood for years Standards, shelves and chairs Daily buyers come and go But there's one thing they don't know He's stood so far away While waiting for a special day There is a dream, a vision deep within his heart That he'll rebuild the base of Mikdash part by part Doing mitzvahs, adding precious stones Our dream, our palace Yerushalayim, our home Yes, there's a dream, a vision deep within his heart That he'll rebuild the base of Mikdash part by part Doing mitzvahs, adding precious stones Yerushalayim, our home In a crumbling little home Lives a fiddler all alone His inheritance so dear For many ancient years It's this instrument he holds His great-grandfather he stole Would hurry off each day To the courtyards of Hashem To play Mitzvahs adding precious stones Our dream, our palace Yerushalayim, our home Yes, there's a dream, a vision deep within his heart That he'll rebuild the base of Mikdash part by part Doing mitzvahs adding precious stones Yerushalayim, our own. On a mountain, on a stone, sits Moshiach all alone, suffering for years. From all our sins he bears While so painfully he cries Prayers piercing through the skies He's pleading to Hashem To take us all back home again Yes, there's a dream, a vision deep within his heart That will rebuild the base Amikdash part by part Doing a mitzvah Adding precious stones Our dream, our palace Yerushalayim, our home Yes, there's a dream, a vision deep within his heart That will rebuild the base of Mikdash part by part Doing mitzvahs, adding precious stones Our dream, our palace Yerushalayim, our home Yes, there's a dream A 
J.M. in the A.M. with Shmuley Unger to cover of Yushalayim, our home, on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Seventh day of June, the 18th day of the month of Sivan. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody, here at J.M. in the A.M. My thanks are by Dr. Jacob J. Schachter. Boy, oh boy. That was a heck of a conversation. That was some conversation, I'll tell you. If you missed it, check out the archive. Boy, oh boy, when it comes to appreciating what we have uh, we cannot possibly ignore the incredible sacrifice of American troops during World War II. Yeah, even all these years later, that's what it goes back to. We wouldn't have the freedom, the luxury, the independence, <clears throat> if not for them. Um, so a big thank you to everybody, Dr. Jacob J. Schachter from all of us here at JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Um, J.A. Mora loves the L11 song. All right. Trucker Yitz says, good morning, America. Good afternoon, Israel. Good night, Australia. <laughs> Wherever you are, I hope you're tuned in. Um, great interview with Ray Schachter. Does the rabbi need volunteers? That's a good question. OperationBenjamin.org. Go there and find out. Be in touch with them via the website. OperationBenjamin.org. Maybe they do need volunteers. I would imagine so. Most great organizations do. Tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour, Rabbi David Heber is going to join us. He's going to try his best to calm me down on the whole issue of uh, being a partial off from Israel. <laughs> we'll see if, uh, if he's successful. <laughs> I have a feeling he'll be somewhat successful based on a conversation I had with him off the air. So we shall see. Rabbi Heber tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour. Should be very interesting. I'll try to stay calm. I will try. <laughs> Probably won't work, but I'll try very hard to stay as calm as possible. <laughs> he knows what's coming because we've been back and forth so many times since last week. But he also, uh, he has a unique, he has a very interesting way to make things calmer, though. Two things that he's going to say tomorrow. That will definitely cool down the situation. We'll see if I'll cooperate or not. <laughs> yes, he's Wag Wednesday live lunch. Z Report live lunch coming up starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Catch that. Tani Gutterman on keeping the fire burning tonight at 8 p.m. during his uh, segment here at the Nahum Siegel Network. That's 8 p.m. tonight. Tani Gutterman with one of his recent topics. Uh, trying to think what else is going on. Oh, I must salute our friends at A&H, Abels and Hyman. My gosh. Dads and grads are the focus of the month of June. I'm going to add grillers. Dads, grads, and grillers. You want something delicious? Get to your supermarket. Open up a package of delicious A&H hot dogs and knockwurst and sausage and toss them on the barbecue. That's it. That's all you. That's the whole thing. That's what you need to know. 
Boy, oh boy, they create such delicious delicacies, I must say. Uh, so grab yourself some hot dog buns. Make sure to have uh, some great A&H products. And, of course, there's so many other choices of A&H as well. Go to the website. You'll see the whole array, kosherdogs.net. Again, kosherdogs.net. Go to the website and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. And when you go to the website, save 10% with promo code radio. Save 10% with promo code radio. Again, that's... Um, that's um, kosherdogs.net. This is a uh, one of the brand new ones off of Ellie Marcus's recent album. Here he is at JM in the AM.
Thank you for calling the Schmelzer family. Please leave a message. Bye. Leave stay up Christmas and she stayed. Man Christmas, Dalta Pulmanit, please. Stay schön auf Christmas einen, Liebe. Die Jüter hat doch 
Simcha, Kocha, 
with Kolachai and Odi Shama. Lipa with Wake Up before that. JM and the M on a uh, Wednesday morning broadcast by David Heber tomorrow on this show. Our calendaric consultants. You won't want to miss it. <laughs> Whoever wants to miss the conversation there by Heber, no way. By request off of our app, listen to your Neshama with Miami, your Achmiel Begun and Baruch Levine at JM and the AM. of you so there you have the 
secret, one that you can share. How to remain kadosh? We must stay aware. When life throws us a challenge, think of the message of this song. Hashem placed His faith in you when choosing right from wrong. Listen to your neshama. Can you hear it calling out your Jewish name? It's crying now for connection. Because 
was just in the mood today to wrap up with Shlima. There he is with Kiva Moed. Shmakalina from Shalshalis Jr. Miami plus uh, Baruch Levine with Listen to Your Neshama here at JM in the AM. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, web at AlchemSiegel.com on the AlchemSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMM. My thanks for my Dr. Jacob J. Schachter. If you missed the interview this morning, check out the archive on AlchemSiegel.com and, of course, on the NSN app. Contact Avrami if you're not on our list to get the daily thread, af at nachomsegel.com, af at nachomsegel.com. Tomorrow morning, another great edition of JM in the AM Plus, Rabbi David Heber is going to join us. We'll see if he can make some headway to calm me down regarding the uh, lack of, uh, of uh, what's the word? Consistency? Parallel? In terms of the partios between Israel and the diaspora? We'll discuss that tomorrow. Yossi's Weig with a Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure to be uh, tuned in and enjoy. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.